God's word for our meditation this morning is our Old Testament lesson from Exodus chapter 3. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, Here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I'm concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go. I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I? that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt. And God said, I will be with you. And this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? Then what should I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. The name you shall call me from generation to generation. This is the word of the Lord. Moses' early life was a rather comfortable one. He had everything he needed or could ever have wanted. He grew up in the house of the most powerful man in the entire world, in the house of Pharaoh, the ruler of Egypt. He had the best education, the best of foods, the best amenities, anything anyone could ever ask for, Moses had it. Moses' life, at first, was a rather comfortable one. But Moses knew that's not where he belonged. Because Moses knew that he was not an Egyptian. He knew he was a Hebrew, and he was the only Hebrew in Egypt which was not forced to do slave labor seven days a week. And Moses was bothered by this. Uh, Moses, one day, goes out to see what's going on among his Hebrew people, and he sees an Egyptian beating a Hebrew slave. And he can't help himself, and he steps in, and he ends up killing that Egyptian. And he knew he had done wrong. He goes and buries that body to try to hide it. But he knows now there's no going back. 
He sees the plight of his people and he has to do something. Now, Stephen, in the book of Acts, is, is preaching in front of the high priest. And he says there that Moses at this time thought that now the rest of the Hebrews were going to see him as their deliverer, that he was going to be the one to help them. But, but that's not how it went. Because the next day after he kills that Egyptian slave driver, he sees two Hebrews arguing with each other, and he intervenes, and he tries to work it out. And the one Hebrew says to him, who are you to make you judge over us? Are you going to kill me like you killed the Egyptian yesterday? And in that moment, Moses realized he had nowhere to go. He couldn't go back to the palace. Number one, because of conscience, but also because Pharaoh knows what he's done in killing that Egyptian, and now he's out for him. His people are rejecting him. They are not seeing him as the rescue and deliverer that he thought he was maybe going to be. And, and Moses' life, which was very comfortable for a long time, turns very uncomfortable. And he realizes he no longer has a home. He doesn't have a people. And he flees. Because what else can he do? Moses flees, and he finds a place, and, and he starts to build a comfortable life again. And that's where we are here in Exodus chapter 3. Moses fled to the land of Midian, and, and there he found a home, some people who brought him in. There he married a lovely woman named Zipporah, and had two sons, Goshem and, Goshem and Eliezer. And he had a pretty comfortable life for 40 years as a shepherd taking care of sheep out in the desert. Life was pretty comfortable. It was no palace in Egypt, but it was a good life. Until one day, when that all changed, again. Because God did not intend for Moses to have a comfortable life. God wanted to use Moses for something important, something meaningful, something impactful, and it was going to become very uncomfortable. But yet God comes to Moses and he equips him for what he's going to call him to do. God comes to Moses in this burning bush and reveals himself to him. And through the words that we just heard in Exodus 3, we hear God Say, I am the God of compassion. The God who has seen the plight of my people and I've heard their cries and I'm going to do something about it. I am the God of faithfulness. I am the God of your forefathers, Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. The God who makes promises and keeps promises. I am the God of free and faithful and forever love. As he reveals himself in this name, I am the God who is and who was and who will always be, the God with all power and all might, the God who loves his people forever. God comes to Moses and he just lays out who I am and what he's going to call him to do and that this is what you are now going to go and do for me, Moses. God calls him out of this comfortable life and equips him for the task that he lays out ahead of him. And friends, it's the same with you and me. God does not call you to a comfortable life. Life in this world is not just about 
having everything just right and being happy all of the time. God's got something much more meaningful for you than that. Much more impactful. Much more important than just being comfortable in this world. Uh, Maybe you're starting to think, well, I'm okay with being comfortable. (laughs) Really, I'm okay. It's, It's all right, God. But think about the people of the Bible. Think about what God called them to, the prophets of the Old Testament, the disciples that Jesus called to follow him, the apostles in the early church. What were their lives about? They weren't about padding their 401ks. They weren't about beautiful Saturday afternoons working in the yard. They weren't trying to escape life with TV and entertainment and all of these things out there. That is not what the lives of these people in the Bible were about. You know what they were about? Being uncomfortable. For something impactful and meaningful and important and eternal. And, and maybe, maybe you're coming up with the excuse, well, that times are different now. Uh, because those people in the Bible, they were, they were directly called by God. Or they, God, God wanted to use them for something so special. And, and I'm not directly called by God. God's never appeared to me and called me to do something. I, I'm nothing special. God's never appeared to me in a burning bush and told me to go free some slaves or given me these miraculous signs to show the world. But the fact is, friends, you are called. You have been called. And you are special. You were called out of sin and into faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior. In your baptism, you were called out of the clutches of Satan and brought into the family of God as an heir of eternal life. You are called. You are special. Peter says it this way. You are a chosen people. You are a royal priesthood. You are a people belonging to God. And what's your purpose? To declare the praises of him who called you out of, his dar- out of the darkness into his marvelous light. You can't use the excuse that you're not called and you're not special. God has called you and you are special. And he's called you to something more than just a comfortable life. That's not what you're called to. What is this life all about? If it's not about being comfortable. If you're this many years old today, and you don't know the answer to that question yet, what this life is all about, you're going to walk out of here knowing. This life is not about being comfortable. This life is all about struggle. Struggle with sin. And how's that going for you? Have you become comfortable with sin? Uh, Is gossip and lies and filthy language coming out of your lips, just something that is just 
a regular occurrence for you? Is watching things on TV that denigrate God's gifts of sex and marriage, listening to things that promote sexuality and, and alcohol and drug abuse, is, is hanging out with people who you know are not leading you in good places, is that just, is that just your regular daily intake? Is being disrespectful towards your government leaders and being disrespectful to your boss or to your parent or to your teacher, is that, is that just commonplace for you? Is that lust as you look at those images or that person? Or that anger in your heart that you are harboring against someone else who's hurt you? Or those hateful thoughts that go through your mind are those just things that don't even bother you anymore? If that's the case, you are not struggling with sin. You have become absolutely, completely comfortable with it. And if that's the case, then you need to go back later on and read those two lessons that we heard from God's word earlier. Go back to that gospel lesson and listen again to what Jesus says there. If there's no fruit there, that tree's going to be cut down and thrown into the fire. Go back to that lesson from 1 Corinthians and listen to what Paul's led by the Spirit to say there. Those Old Testament Israelites who were God's chosen people, what did they do? They got comfortable in life. They fell into this false sense of security and what happened? Many of them perished. Because they forgot. They were misled. They became comfortable with the ways of this world. And Paul wrote there, this is a warning for us. And if you think that you're standing firm, but yet your words and your actions and even your thoughts are in contrary to know what you know God's word says, you've already fallen. If you're okay with that. If you become comfortable with that. And friends, that's a terrifying thought, isn't it? I hope it is. Because that sin destroys your relationship with God. That sin creates a wall between you and Him. That sin jeopardizes your eternal fate with Him. But yet, how amazing that the great I am still wants you. He still wants you. The great I am, the God of free and faithful forever love, the God of compassion and grace, the God who never breaks a promise says that I still want you. You know what he wants for you? It's for you to put away this false sense of security and repent. He wants you to come into his presence. He invites you to come into his presence. And it's not on a mountain. And it's not in a burning bush. You know where it is? It's right here. This is where you get to meet the holy God. Right here, your God comes to you and he says... You're a sinner who deserves to be damned to hell. 
You're a sinner who has no right to be in my presence right now or forever. No right whatsoever. But come. Come and recognize your lack of holiness to be in my presence. Come and confess your disobedience. Come before me and repent of all the times that you've been comfortable with all of these sins in your life, in your heart, in your words, in your actions. Come into my presence. Stop putting on this show and know that I know everything that's going on in your heart and everything you do when you think no one else knows. I know it all and confess it. And now look. Look to that cross. And you know what you see there? It's not you hanging there. It's my own son. You see, the punishment you deserved was put on him, not on you. So that all of that disobedience, all of that waywardness, all of that being comfortable with sin could be forgiven. It's there at that cross where you see my mercy and my grace on full display. It's there that you see how much I really love you and the depths to which I am willing to go to rescue you to hell itself all the way to death so that you could have the promise of life and freedom. Freedom from the bondages of sin and Satan and that, that slavery to the fear of death and to know that it's all done that Jesus did pay it all. And so, all to him we owe. In his innocent, precious blood, all of those sins forgiven. The great I am comes to you and leads you to that cross and says, look, the Lamb of God who has taken away your sins and the sins of the world, that is alone where you are going to find peace and life and salvation. You see, friends, God does not want your life to be comfortable. He wants you to find your only comfort in Jesus and in what he has done for you, his life and his death and his, his resurrection, all that is already done. This life is not about being comfortable. This life is about struggling. Struggling against all of those sins that would lead us away from God. And to hear his call to repent, to be led back to the cross. Our lives in this world are about struggling with that sin, repenting of that sin, and clinging to Christ alone. But there's a little bit more here. God doesn't want your life to be comfortable when it comes to sin. Absolutely not. But he also is not promised that your life in this world is going to be super comfortable either as you go about your daily lives. And that was going to be the case for Moses. Moses knew that, that what God was calling him to was going to be difficult. It was going to be hard. It was going to be very uncomfortable. And so he comes up with some excuses. Already here in our section, uh, in verse 11, he says, But Moses says to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? 
And if you look after our lesson, past verse 15, he's got all sorts of other excuses too. Oh, they won't listen to me. I, I, I'm slow of tongue. I, I, I can't speak. Lord, send somebody else. But God continues to come over and over and over with his promises. I am who I am. I am is sending you. I am the God of your fathers. I am with you. I am promising you success because this is my mission. He just annihilates every single one of Moses' excuses and says, yeah, it's going to be hard, but I will be with you. And friends, as you go with that call of God to be light in the darkness of this world, it's not, it's not going to always be comfortable. Because Christians are called to live like Christians. They are called to reflect Christ. And think about how they treated him. If they treated him that way, are they going to treat you the same way? God does not call you to a comfortable life when you go and you live your Christian faith in your life. It's not going to happen. If you have thought that Christianity is just about being comfortable, you are sorely mistaken. And if that's the case, if your life has been a comfortable one as a Christian in this sinful world, well then, you're probably blending in just a little too much. But the same God comes to you, the great I am, and says, I am with you. The God of free and faithful forever love who redeemed you, brought you out of the slavery of sin and death and made you my very own, and I am with you as you go to make his name known. It's not going to be comfortable, friends. It's not going to be easy. It's going to be a life of trouble when you live your life as a Christian outside of these walls. You know what that might look like? It might look like you saying to your boss, I, I'm not going to do that, even if my job's on the line because that's dishonest. You know what that might look like? It might look like telling the coach, we can't make it to the game on Sunday because we're going to church. You know what it might look like for you? Going to one of your children, your adult children, and saying, you're sinning. You need to repent because I love you and your God loves you. You know what it might look like in your life? Saying to your spouse, you might be sleeping in, but I'm going to church. It might look like telling your friends, I need to skip brunch because I'm going to Bible study. It might look like Telling your friends, I, I'm not going to have the next drink. I'm not going to go to see that movie. I'm not going to go to see that comedian because I'm a child of the light. Friends, when you live your faith, when you live as a Christian, life is not always going to be comfortable. In fact, it's going to be very uncomfortable much of the time. It's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult. It's going to cause you trouble, but... It's worth it. It's absolutely worth it to be who God has called us to be. Light in the darkness. To be his child right now and forever. It's hard, but the great I am is with you. 
God says to Moses right at the end of our lesson, he says, referring to that name I am, this is my name forever. The name you shall call me from generation to generation. The name I am. Which, if you don't know, Jesus takes in the New Testament and applies to himself. When he says, I'm the light of the world, to those who have lost their sense of purpose and direction. He comes and he says, I am the living bread who have been starving themselves and trying to find their satisfaction in all of these things of this life and have been lacking. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd who's searching for sheep who have wandered and strayed from my flock. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life who have got misguided in what this life is really all about. He says, I am the resurrection and the life to give you the promise that there's even something beyond the life of purpose he's given you here, a life in his presence forever. Friends, God does not want your life to be comfortable. He wants you to find your comfort in Jesus alone for your forgiveness, for your peace, and for your purpose to live for him and for his glory, to despair of yourself, to despair of your efforts, and to to depend on him alone and to cling to his righteousness and there to find what life is really all about, who God says you are, loved, redeemed, his child. And that's comfort. That's the only comfort that we need. A comfort that's guaranteed by the great I am. God grant that comfort to you. Amen.